Cerruto, try it again. Fans on the feet, 6,000 in attendance. The payoff is flied into right field, going back at the warning track, at the wall. It's gone! Go ahead, three-run home run for the senior! Peter Cerruto has given the Indiana Hoosiers the lead! Hello and welcome to Talking Hoosier Baseball. Today is February 21st, 2024. I am Carl James, joined with Cassidy Palmer. Uh, we are going to discuss the number 23 Indiana Hoosiers, uh, who on opening weekend went 2-1 and one at Baseball at the Beach. Uh, that uh, on Friday, the Hoosiers lost to number 12 Duke by a score of 6-3. to three. On Saturday, the Hoosiers were victorious. Uh, on the road at Coastal Carolina at Baseball at the Beach by a score of 7-2, to two, beating the host number 18 uh, Chanticleers. Uh, on Sunday, uh, the Hoosiers um, put up a, a, for the weekend, rather light nine runs against George Mason, um, who gave up 11 home runs the day before. <laughs> but the Hoosiers still were victorious, uh, won that game by a score of 9-3. to three. Um, as a result of the the weekend, the Hoosiers were rewarded by D1 Baseball with the number 23 ranking in the country. Uh, the Hoosiers also had a home opener uh, last night. Uh, Miami of Ohio came to the BART, um, a game that was pretty tight most of the way, uh, finally was broken out late in the eighth inning, and the Hoosiers ended up winning that one by a score of 12-6. to six. So a pretty successful start to the to the season for the Hoosiers. Um, Cass, uh, what are your thoughts? Maybe some uh, statistical nuggets you can share with us uh, on baseball at the beach. Yeah. Uh, so before I quite get into the numbers, uh, I first want to say how great it was uh, meeting, hanging out with all of the people we did uh, at baseball at the beach. Uh I know for me in particular, I'm not able to get to as much being a couple of states over. So I, I do very much enjoy it every chance I get. Uh, but looking into the numbers a little bit, I've got to start off with my annual reminder that uh, this early in the season, the numbers mean absolutely nothing other than the runs scored and the wins and losses. Beyond that, the actual statistics are too small to really uh, have any idea of anything. Uh, so with that reminder out of the way, uh, some of the things that have stood out to me a bit, uh, anytime, even just the first weekend plus the home opener, uh, for the team to be hitting 301 total, that's always great, especially when you consider that they played both Duke and Coastal. That is a really great start. And some of those highlights, Devin Taylor, who's had, I believe it's every game has been a multi-hit game so far, and they've all been singles. Uh, yeah, I, I expect his power to open up pretty soon. Uh, but Devin and Tyler Cerny both hitting 500 uh, again, small sample size, but we do like seeing that. And as for some of the, I do not expect Brock Tibbetts to stay at 133 for very long. Um, not uncommon 
to have to to take a little bit of time to to get up there and uh again especially playing duke and coastal one bad matchup and your numbers are gonna look really bad so i expect brock to pick that back up um as far as a little strikeout heavy for what i would like to see with such a veteran uh veteran staff uh sitting at a little over 10 a game but again opening weekend nerves are tight strikeouts are always high opening weekend and this is far from the worst that we've seen um so i would again i would expect that number to improve over the next few weeks as well um on the pitching side the biggest thing that has stood out to me so far has been the control uh having just uh 10 walks issued so far on the season in in four games is phenomenal is absolutely great um and especially with as many guys who as have made appearances uh that also stands out strikeouts have been up there as well um which is always fun uh but but the the lack of walks issued really really stands out to me so far hbps are a little bit higher than i would like um at 7 through 4 games but again that just requires one pitch to slip one pitch to be not where you wanted it uh so with such a low uh low walk rate so far uh that hbp count does not concern me in the least and fielding was largely uh largely very solid uh i i still contest that that pine error in the first game was not an error uh so there's that one uh that i wouldn't even have in there at all so fielding fielding was solid all the way around so that that's my thoughts so far uh some of the numbers that again right now the only things that really matter numbers wise are runs scored runs given up and total number of wins yep um one thing i have noticed overall is uh, which is nice is that that uh, you've got four regular everyday players with an ops over a thousand so far yeah yeah and uh, Brandon Burkle's not that far off from that either. Right. Actually, neither is Joey, Joey B. Joey B, yeah. And I will say one non-numbers thing. I was very impressed by how Joey handled himself coming into the Sunday game in a situation like that. Uh, for a guy who's, uh, who's a redshirt freshman to come in in that kind of situation around an injury uh and to man his position and and all of that like i i was very impressed in the maturity for a redshirt freshman to do that
Excellent. Um, and and this is what I really like here is let's see we've got what. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 pitchers for IU have now seen <laughs> action. And um, how many of them yesterday? <laughs> and this is this is what I like is uh, three fourths of them have a whip under 1.25. Yep. Including all four... three of the ones who uh, have enough innings to count. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and uh, if you and yeah, and even yeah, you only have two with a whip uh, at two or higher. Yeah, which is pretty nice for four games. Um, mm -hmm. So the uh, the pitching staff has done has done rather well. Oh yeah, uh, up to this point, and like you said, I think the key there is has been limiting the walks. Yeah, yep. the the HBPs are just a tad high, but the. Uh, the walks have been very much under control. Yeah. Well, you, when you consider, especially considering that uh, uh, three of those HBPs, so almost half of them are one pitcher. Yeah. That, that makes me even less concerned overall. Yeah. And only one wild pitch on the opening weekend plus. Yeah, it wasn't like that one team that hit one guy eight times in the weekend. Yeah. Oh, I feel bad for that kid. I, we thought Logan Kalitha was a ball magnet. <laughs> All right. Well, now uh, Chris has sent, Chris was not able to join us tonight, uh, but he did make his determinations for the weekly red belts. So uh, I'm going to uh, uh, give those out now. Um and uh, right off the bat, uh, Chris Feeney is going to disagree with the Big Ten, who did award <laughs> of the Big Ten, awarded Connor Foley as Big Ten Pitcher of the Week. Um, uh, but uh, but uh, Chris decided to go with the winner of the game instead, uh, Ty Bothwell, who uh, pitched the five innings following Foley. Um Oh, zero earned runs. He did give up two unearned runs, but zero earned runs. Uh, Ty was, well, as everyone was saying, big game Ty. Uh, Ty was just phenomenal uh, in that outing. Yes. But, uh, you know, I would also say so was Foley. Uh, as, yes. As, as obviously, uh, you know, both, both did a phenomenal job, and those two guys took care of uh, a nationally ranked team on their own home field. Yeah. Uh, and that's and, and one, so tough to do. Yeah, and, and this is one that is known for hitting. This is a hitting yeah. ball club, and and Ty and and Connor managed to to shut those guys down. Yeah, um, and that would be the Joey Donato uh, pitching award, um, the uh, Butler Award for defense uh, this week. Um, shouldn't be a huge surprise, <laughs> but oh my goodness! And and I and he didn't he didn't even bother telling me a play and. It, because we have so many to pick Fair. from. Tyler Cerny, just phenomenal defensive performance all weekend long, making crazy play after crazy play. I'll have to say my favorite was from the the home midweek game, though, that uh, that sliding stop and then shuffle the ball over for okay. the, 
for the fielder's choice. Yeah. Um, I still think his most impressive was the one that wasn't made. Uh, right. <laughs> off of the, when uh, Pine couldn't quite get to it and popped it up and even just Cerny getting to the ball that quickly change a, mm-hmm. change a direction uh, to even have a chance to get that was insane. And then for the Dickinson Award for uh, for hitting, that will go to AJ Shepard, um, who had the uh, he had the blast. He basically called game there yep. <laughs> against Eastern Carol against sorry against uh, Coastal Carolina. Coastal. There, um, he absolutely called game in, with that with that two run shot uh, to get the to get the Hoosiers uh, up as high as they were and pretty much put it to where okay this 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 game is now. Uh, is now relatively out of hand. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and to do to do that yeah. to do that, uh, having only been working against live pitching for three weeks, he he came out so strong. Yeah, it That's was nuts. it was it was very impressive, and of course, it was uh, he had another home run uh, on Sunday, so he had two bombs on the weekend. Um, but unfortunately, he only was able to play half that game uh, due yeah. to the collision at first base, um, which uh, there's now been enough public information that we can say uh, that uh, he did. Uh, so the it was a collision at first. Um, the uh, bang, bang play, the uh, it was a really tough play throw that, that Seti uh, Manasi had to make. And yeah. uh, just the way the c- scenario came into play. Yeah. His his arm was there. Collision happened, and uh, his, freak accident. His, freak accident. Yeah, his uh, his wrist was uh, was was hit, and then there was and I'm you know somewhere around here yeah. on the left on the left hand the yeah. uh, the uh, between the, the wrist and was, elbow. Yeah, the the arm was broken. Um, he had surgery on Monday. Um, hearing a couple different timetables, I think. Coach Mercer in his presser yesterday said something along the lines of six to eight weeks, maybe is what they've heard, but didn't really seem all that committal on a specific time frame, except for he did make this statement, and that was AJ will play baseball for the Indiana Hoosiers sometime this year. That's so, always good to uh, hear. So that was that was the one very clear statement in all of that was <laughs> that we expect AJ to be back. Um yes. and given what he was able to do. Uh, we are all uh, we are all looking forward to that. Um, although, from a perspective on the team, there is so much talent that yes. uh, we're also feeling confident that uh, that Joey Brincheski can step up yep. uh, in the in the games at first base when Brock is catching. Um, and, and Jake uh, Stadler, the other direction. Yeah, who is another player you have to say you know was very impressive. Um, mm-hmm. You know. In 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 general, the honestly the thing I'm most thrilled about is the defense. Yep. Um, defense is important. Indiana <laughs> that feels like an them. understatement. Yeah, but it, it but you look at statistically over the years, and it's not universal. There have been some good defensive teams that have gotten some poor defensive teams that have gotten to Omaha, but in general. You look at the SEC, you look at the teams that tend to dominate the game in college baseball, they play really good defense. 
most of the time. You typically yeah. see those, and you see a giant drop-off from the mid-majors. Even if those teams hit well, they yeah. don't tend to play as good a defense. So part of the mark of being you know, a top 25 program is is, is having a solid defense. So yeah. that uh, that's making me feel very positive uh, after the weekend. And especially on opening weekend, which tends to be on the sloppier side anyway. Uh, nerves are at an all-time high. Adrenaline is pumping. And and it that's the way it usually happens is some of your sloppiest play is going to be opening weekend. Especially yeah. when it was, it, it was not particularly warm Saturday or Sunday. I think it was warmer yesterday than it was at Coastal on Sunday. Oh yeah, I can assure and you so, it was. And so to have that bit of bit of cold weather and and still maintain on a uh, natural field, mostly natural, the edge was not uh, to do that when they are mostly uh, working on turf in the winter, whether it's in Mellencamp or out at the BART. I I very much love to see the strong defense all around. Yeah. All right. Well, now we will turn our eyes to the upcoming week for the Hoosiers. Uh, the Hoosiers uh, have four games upcoming. Three this weekend uh, will be in Waco, Texas, uh, against host Baylor Bears. Baylor uh, is in the Big 12 Conference. Uh, good news about the Big 12 is, for those of you that are ESPN Plus subscribers, is that uh, the games will be streamed on ESPN Plus. So you'll want to check those out. Um, uh, oh, I did not – forgot to pull up the times because I'm looking off of a different site. Oh, uh, I think 7.30 yep, Friday. 7.30 Friday night, 3 p.m. on Saturday, and 2 p.m. on Sunday. Those are all Eastern – time so obviously if you're local you want to adjust for uh central yes. time there uh, for those of you that are making the trip to to to, to waco uh also we know we have lots of hoosier fans <laughs> that live in texas so and yes. uh, we've been we've been seeing multiple interactions from folks that live in texas that are excited mm -hmm. for their opportunity to to take a look at the hoosiers both this coming week and the following week in which the hoosiers uh will be in Frisco, Texas the following week. But we're just going to talk about Baylor today. Um, Baylor is currently one and three uh, on the season. They won their uh, their week uh, their weekday matchup against Lamar uh, last night by a score of 11 to five. Um, they did uh, compete in the Globe Life Field opening weekend tournament um, where they uh, dropped a, a pitcher's duel to Nebraska by a score of four to one. Um, they also lost on Saturday to Oregon by a score of seven to four, and then to uh, SEC powerhouse Tennessee. They lost on Sunday by eleven to five. Um, Baylor really, really struggled all of last season. Um, I, I actually don't have as much details on them as some other opponents because uh, they didn't even rate a uh, a preview uh, coming up, um, but. At the same time, I've actually heard a few more positive things um, about the team uh, from this past weekend. I mean, they had some really tough competitions, so I, I wouldn't wouldn't put too much stock on the uh, 
the particulars uh, when it comes to the record at this point. Um, but they've managed to have uh, some positives that uh, will be important to look at. Um, one of their pitchers, uh, Mason Marriott, had pitched 5.2 innings, um, uh, only giving up a single earned run. Um, and in fact, uh, if you look at their starting pitchers, none of their starting pitchers lost games. So their uh, all of their lo- all the losses have been attributed to the bullpen at this point. Um, probably is going to go off of the you know the, the hitting strategy I is going to have um, that if if they're not able to 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 hit, to hit the starters, you know at least be patient, be put good at bats together, get those pitch counts up, and uh, and get into that Baylor bullpen. Um, you know they do have. Uh, Right now, their uh, their top uh, hitters, uh, Gavin Brzezowski is hitting 500. Uh, Enzo uh, Apodaca is hitting 438. So they've got two batters at this point uh, hitting over 400. Um, which of course, that's <laughs> those are the big numbers you see this time of year when you're only looking at four. Um, they have uh, no one yet with uh, multiple home runs, but they do have five hitters that have uh, that have hit home runs up to this point. So they've got a lot of guys that are capable of leaving the yard, um, and uh, they've got uh, they've got some starting pitching that can go at least somewhat deep. Um, so, uh, and of course they're going to be playing on their home field. Uh, so that's uh, and they've won their one game on their home field so far. So far, so this is a a, a power five test on the road. Um, you know, I'm I, you know. Given that Indiana is coming in ranked, I think the expectation is that Indiana wins the series. Um, but you know, nothing is guaranteed in that, um, as we've seen uh, from from some other matchups around the country. Things can can, can be difficult, uh, and you know that uh, you know Baylor's going to be amped up for this one. Uh, the first, uh, well, not their home opening game, but it is their home opening series, and they're playing against a ranked team. So this is something that they're going to want to. They're going to want to prove themselves. Yep. And a quick look at the weather. Uh, Friday night could get a little bit chilly with a low of 46, which is still better than Coastal was at the end. But that that could be a little chilly there for an evening game. Uh, But Saturday and Sunday are highs of right around 80. And it looks like Sunday could be pretty windy now, whether that's in or out or cross, or I have no idea, but uh, but could get pretty windy. So uh, that that could get fun for some of these Hoosier power bats if the wind's going the right way. Yep. Um, then on Tuesday, uh, the uh, the Hoosiers are back in Bart Kaufman Field, and it looks like the weather is li- very likely to cooperate for another February base for more February baseball, uh, which again will be. Uh, uh, free and open to the public. Um, if you can check on that cast, I think it was another four o'clock start, I assume, but yes, you, while I yep. keep talking, can you confirm that? Uh, this is against uh, the Purdue Fort Wayne Mastodons. Um, Purdue Fort Wayne, uh, has been gradually improving since they've come into Division One, but they're still very new to Division One. Um, and this is clearly a game that Indiana uh, is expected to win easily. Uh, this past weekend, uh, they had a series with Murray State uh, where they were outscored 
32 to five. Uh, so it was a very tough <laughs> uh, three games uh, in Murray, Kentucky. Um, so, but uh, yeah, playing Kentucky this past weekend, that, that had to have been cold though. So yeah, uh, the weather's going to be a little bit warmer. Um, and Hey, this is still division one baseball and a warm day at the BART. The ball could be flying <laughs> for <laughs> both sides. Uh, so you, yeah, so, so the expectation is that uh, may see some arms, and based on what uh, coach told us yesterday, um, expect to see some arms that have not yet thrown. Um, I mean, it's it's awesome that that we're still. I mean, their pitchers were excited to see that we haven't seen yet, and we've seen sixteen pitchers so far. Yes, <laughs> the the depth is phenomenal. So we may yes. that n- number may get up to twenty one, which I think will beat the record they had from last year. <laughs> so we could see have 21 people having thrown pitches for IU. Um, but, you know, it's going to provide some opportunities, but it's going to be, I think, above all else, up to the offense to to generate double-digit runs and uh, and and give that pitching staff a little room to uh, to experiment and, uh, and show what they can do. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, did you verify the time on that? Yes, it is 4 o'clock Eastern okay. time. So four o'clock uh, at the BART, uh, the home opener yesterday was was a great experience. Um, weather wasn't quite as nice as it's predicted to be next week, but it was still pretty nice. Uh, Fifty five uh, degrees and sunny when we uh, started playing ball. Um, I think the recorded crowd was around seventeen hundred. Uh, it was it was a really nice crowd. Uh, I can say Chris and I both had multiple conversations with uh with fans and those of you that are already listening to the podcast that, that came up to us uh and that was awesome to get the chance to to talk with you guys and uh and uh and and let let us know that that somebody's listening and that uh that that what we're doing is 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 appreciated and of course you know for us it's it's about following this team and giving uh these players uh, and this program recognition um and of course it's just very exciting that that uh we're doing this now at the point at which uh uh, you know, after uh, a you know one uh, the all of the baggage of the pandemic, then that 2022 season where uh, where the pitching just just wasn't there while the while the youth was was getting themselves into position, and then the phenomenal year the team had last year, um, and now you know at the point of getting national recognition. And uh, starting a campaign, you know, to possibly end up with, uh, you know, the goal of of getting into a regional, perhaps even hosting a regional. And that's a long way off. But each step of the way, and this is the one thing, there isn't really a preseason. (laughs) It's, it's, there, there is definite, a definite usage of multiple players and opportunities for players to make impact. Uh, but like coach said, the first priority is still to win baseball games and they are working hard on that and um, have an opportunity to, uh, to go into Frisco with a really, really good record um, when they are going to face some significant competition uh, in, in a week and a half when they head up to Frisco. Um so we've uh, we've covered our red belts. We've uh, previewed and we've uh, taken a brief look back. Uh, hopefully next week we'll have a uh, 
more of the gang here and we'll do yes. a little bit more of a deep dive. Uh, but uh, just want to say I echo uh, Cassidy's thoughts on the beach, uh, being in Conway, being at Coastal Carolina. That was an, um, that's a really awesome field. So if you yes. happen to be in that part of the country during baseball season, uh, I, get out to Springbrook stadium. It's a, it's a, it's a neat experience. The yeah. uh, outfield is a boardwalk. Yeah. It's <laughs> <And> very teal. <laughs> very Lots teal. Of teal. But those, those uh, Adirondack bar stools I, in or along the outfield, I had never seen something like that before. That was a new one. I liked yeah. those. Um, they actually have a sandbox for kids to yes. play in. Um, I actually really like those, the stadiums that have those setups with the uh with the bullpens that are that are low and mm-hmm. a lot of the newer stadiums have them where they're you know right there at the edges of the of the yeah. outfield fence yeah. um it is a short fence so yes. very uh, which, you know which is one of the things that helped duke hit 11, 11 uh, home runs 11 home runs on uh on saturday except for the one inside the park oh, made that's that true. one that's all right. the that's more right. impressive yeah but the tall fence he hit the top of that tall fence. yes that's right only 10 of those got out of the park. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but it, but it, well, the other piece of that though, was just uh, such a great scheduling job to, to get into that tournament because of all of the eyes that were on it. Um, uh, D one baseball had three different guys there. Um, and, uh, and we actually got a chance to, to speak a bit with Aaron fit, which was a really cool experience. Yes. Um, to have uh, to get to talk to Aaron Fit, but uh, uh, Stephen Shock and and David Seifert were there, um, and uh, you know I think that helped with I mean I think it, it literally helped with getting that national ranking, yeah because it was you know all of the scouting reports and the previews really didn't have a lot of questions. This Indiana team is gonna produce runs, yeah. uh, may not be every single game, but we know that you just know from the track record and the depth that's here in this lineup, it's going to produce runs. You know, the question was, can that pitching staff take the next step? Took a huge step from 22 to 23. Um, and as when we spoke uh, to coach Dustin Glant, his, the pitching coach, you know, he talked about the fact that they you know, basically took off a hundred walks year to year yeah. and they're wanting to do that again. And they're already, basically on pace to do that. Um, The question is, can they, can they keep that going? But a lot of it you can see is also philosophical change, which is that they are, they are attacking more. They're not trying to generate as much swing and miss outside of the zone. They're going to use those, those nasty pitches in the zone. Um, But that is going to give opportunities to teams that can slug because they're going to get pitches in the zone. They're going to get abilities to hit. So I think you may see, like if you're tracking, you know, team batting average against, you may see that number go up a bit. Yeah. Um, you might you see, may see some the of the stri- power go up. Right. Too. And you may see the strikeouts go down. Yeah. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing if it cuts out the free bases. Yeah. Um, because walks are killer. Hit by pitches yeah. are killer. Uh, Solo home runs don't kill you. Multi do. Yes, exactly. Um you know, but then it also puts the ball into their court. They're going to have to hit the ball, yeah. and uh, and it also, I feel much more comfortable about that strategy now that we've seen this defense in yeah. action. Yeah. That okay, put the ball in play, and get the ball 
you know, anywhere in the center of the outfield, Carter's going to track that, 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 that ball down. Yep. You, know, you hit that ball up the middle. <laughs> Tyler Cerny is capable of, of making plays. Yep. Um, and so is Burkle. Yeah. Like exactly. Yeah. And Burkle, I mean, I, I he didn't have as much opportunity to shine just because right. the ball didn't come to him that as much. Um, although he did uh, start a, a double play yesterday yep. that was pretty impressive. Uh, but we did also, we got to see some of his uh, more amazing plays in the fall. Yeah. So we know he's got the capability. Uh, they just haven't uh, hit anything really challenging to <laughs> over right. to that side of the field just yet. Um, but we all know that that is going to come and he's going to have his opportunities. So again, small sample size looks good so far. Uh, now it's about the next four games taking care of business. Uh, get a series win, get a midweek win, and then get yourselves get yourselves ready for uh, the next big contests, which are which are that 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 series up in uh, in Frisco. Yeah. So, um, so with the exception of the home game, the next six of the next seven will be in Texas. Uh, and again, this weekend is going to be on ESPN plus, uh, I will definitely be live blogging this weekend. Um, but uh, I'll be watching on TV. We do not yes. have anyone going to the series. Um, but, uh, if, uh, if anyone who is going to be there, uh, wants to, uh, and is willing to share, send us the pictures that you take. If you are, and let us know if you're willing for us to use them on the website, we always like, uh, authentic pictures of the actual location and not just using uh, stock photos that we have <laughs> we have collected from home. It's always neat yes. to include a, at least a couple pictures of what's going on uh, on the yes. field. So uh, I will call out for that. Uh, Cass, any final thoughts? Huh? I think we've pretty well covered it. All right. Well, uh, that will conclude this edition of Talking Hoosier Baseball. Uh, Follow us at uh, iubase.com and our various social medias. Uh, for Cassidy Palmer, this is Carl James. See you at the BART. <laughs> <laughs>